Okay, hello, welcome to the Deep Rex Pod. And uh, this week I have at Rubber Widow, uh, Sam. I'm very excited to have you on. How are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm yeah. so happy to be here. Cool, man. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, so I was saying that I first encountered you on the Contain podcast, and then I uh, was pretty stoked when you started Elroy Boys. Uh, and I've been following that. And then uh yeah obviously have, have you only have you been on perfume nationalist more than once or just once i've been on i've been on the perfume nationalist um a handful of times I, a handful, yeah that's, on, I, that's what i thought because I, I feel like I, <laughs> I, I, I forgot i forgot how I, I feel like i have a deep relationship with you uh as well so, <laughs> deep, deep one-sided yeah. relationship um, oh dude, it's it's all good so, but, um yeah. Yeah, I've been on on a handful of, of TPNs. I think, okay, and then uh, and then and yeah. then you're and then you're also doing uh, the isolation chamber with Brendan. So yeah, yeah, and I've okay. I've done isolation chamber stuff with Brendan, which is his ongoing uh, uh, drama. You know, so sure. um, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I have I have much to my shame. I have not dipped into that, but I'm I'm going I'm going to. I just you haven't know. to. No, no, no. I, I, I'm like, I, I, it's such a, it's, it's sad, but it's like, for me, it's like such a hurdle to be like, oh my God. Okay. So this is what you're telling me. This isn't, this isn't, this is a, this is fiction or something, or this isn't, this isn't, you know, um, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. just, I'm going to just chug it over a couple day period. And and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know exactly how you feel. Trust me. <laughs> so anyhow, but um but yeah, so uh, so I, I have my little warm up questions. There. I'm saying, are, are you wearing a scent today, Sam? Um, yeah, I am. I'm um, I'm wearing today. I'm wearing uh, something called Bandy Bandit. Okay, uh, cool. And uh, here I can show it to you. Oh. Well, I, so I've I have um, I've ordered that too. I just have sent it to. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's like um, it's uh, it's it's intense i have only had it on today um and uh it's a powerful green musky uh leather scent um i think it was famously worn by uh marlene dietrich um and uh i mean you've ordered it so you're on it's i forgot about the marlena dietrich part i didn't know that jesus i think yeah and and um it's pretty wild to imagine uh smelling it on anybody um and uh uh, let alone yourself or marlene dietrich (laughs) uh i i i think that it is uh pretty wonderful and intense and if you can appreciate i don't know um kind of depends on what kind of stuff you like but um uh so far so good other than that i've just been obsessed with chanel you know um and uh especially um this bois de Eid thing i can't pronounce it correctly but um it is uh the other thing that i'm wearing all the time and then other than that like 
big ones for me right now are uh, JHL and uh, Bulgari Black. So, um, okay. But yeah, today, Bandit. Nice. Nice. Bandit. Good. Good. Yeah. No, I've, I've shipped that to my, my mother's. In the states, and that's I'm, 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 I don't know how I'm going to get a hold of it, but yeah, uh, I've secured I secured the bag. Yeah, um, uh, she can hold on to it for you. Um, and then also, so and what is uh, if any, what is your relationship with Brett Easton Ellis? Oh yeah, I I love Brett Easton Ellis, um, and uh, I. I mean, I really got in the weeds, I think, when, um, you know, you you hipped me to the fact that this might be a question I was looking at. Um, but uh, uh, I I love Brett Easton Ellis, and um, I am a fan of the podcast, although, like, I haven't, to be honest with you, listened to it for a while, just, you know, for the same reasons that I haven't gotten to a lot of other things. But um uh Brady Snellis, like I was introduced to I think through American Psycho and the I knew the movie was coming out I wanted to see the movie I talked my friend into talking his dad into taking us to the movie we went to the movie um so I was born in December of 86 so I don't know how I, I was like 11 or 12 or something. And he, he left, he walked us out of the theater and he would take us to see R rated movies all the time. Um, so I don't know what bothered him about this one in particular, but uh, you know, anyway, what, what uh, did, what I, did I, bother him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a weird, yeah. I said, he, yeah. he was such a weird guy. That, okay. Like, he, okay. He's a type of dad who would like always be smoking in the car with us. I don't know. It, it, I guess like he, he took us to see all kinds of stuff and I just never thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It had, I didn't. So I, by that okay. point I, I, it was all over for me, but basically Eddie Snell, Freddie Snellis, like my dad had all of his books, but hadn't really read them. And he knew his editor or something. And I read American Psycho uh, in, you know, a handful of different sections or, you know, just a handful of different kind of speed reading uh, times that felt like I was like hiding it from people. And uh, like, I became really obsessed with that. And I, read less than zero and rules of attraction. Those became like big, um, going into like high school and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, um, I don't know. I've long been fascinated with Brady Snellis. Like, I hope I get to talk to him someday. I, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe not now that I think of it, but he, he's, he's someone who I feel like I kind of grew up with and I grew up with, with those LA novels and they felt very familiar to me. I, I felt like I, I knew a lot of kids like that growing up, um, except in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I felt like I knew the, the worlds that he was writing about and I, you know, I grew up around a lot of different people, but I like definitely was at one point around a lot of people who grew up to be 
Freddy Smellis characters. And like, I remember my dad uh, driving me um, to CalArts from, you know, Portland to Valencia, California, and um, listening to the audiobook for Lunar Park um, and him being like, you know, this is, uh, and he had gone and, and reread Ellis, who up until that point, I didn't think he liked and was, you know, eager to like, you know, and by that point, I, I was kind of reading other stuff. So I was kind of surprised that he had, you know, read this author that I liked that I kind of thought he looked down upon. But uh, I, yeah, was listening to Lunar Park on, on the way to art school, the same art school where I met Barrett. And, um, you know, like, <laughs> and him talking about writers and, um, you know, uh, basically uh, the art school that I may be going to and what to, what to watch out for. <laughs> right. and, and how like Lunar Park kind of reflected a little bit of that in, in uh, uh, Brett, you know, I believe talk in, you know, going back through his alcoholism and, you know, him, him getting into the meta discussion of the, what was the shithead crew that he ran with the, that he kind of like gets into, you know, where he, yeah. he was running around with all those movie stars or whatever. But I mean, it wasn't the Brat Pack. It was, it was, it was, it was Jay, Jay, Jay McInerney and they, they had some name. Yeah. 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 But, anyway, those shitheads like, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Anyway, I okay. So yes, yeah, that that sussed up a lot. Yeah, but, but that's that's funny. So you, yeah, you have a very yeah. It's a super thorough um, or not? Yeah, thorough, sorry. But you, you, yeah. No, 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 no. Not not your description. I'm saying your your relationship is like is is, yeah. is uh yeah. Well, the yeah. I, I, I don't know why I keep saying this, but it's because of every it's an individual conversation every single time. So, but yeah. um, but the 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 shards book that he's reading is just absolutely fantastic. So it's cool. Yeah. To, it's cool that to think that he um in his later stage of life has has still has it in the tank and still has something to um kick out to the world. That's I, th- I mean I think I don't know if it's just him reading it on on the podcast or something, but it's so good. So anyhow, so you've got that to look forward to. Oh okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I need to return to a lot of that. And then um, I was I was thinking when I in the intro of the Elroy boys, I'm mm-hmm. so I'm so uh, so thankful to uh, to you to you guys for uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where I don't know where the hell I was at. I think I think maybe I but I wasn't, I wasn't reading James Elroy. And so I've just, since you guys started that pod, I started listening to the first episode and I, I had to stop it. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this sounds amazing. And like, I don't know, bl- Blowers like s- describing the, the, the boxing match for the, in order to pass the bond fund. And I was just like, yeah, Oh my yeah. God. So I was like, so I, I, I stopped it and I went and read the black Dahlia. And then I was just like every stage of the book, I was like, okay, this, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta fall off after here. It's gotta drop, you know, it can't be, it can't be like this good. You can't keep up. Yeah. Like this. And, and, and so, I mean, there's just, there's just parts where I experienced every emotion and I don't know. So, so yeah. So, and it's also um, like, I, I don't normally read things that are like, I love genre. Yeah. But I don't normally read things that are, 
like all if I'm gonna all audiobook my PG Wodehouse, which is like the only fiction I I audiobook, and I'll kind of like whatever read a graphic novel of like a Parker mystery, you know, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, thing or something. But I I have a hard time being like dedicating sitting down time to reading something that I don't think is like at least Dashiell Hammett level something. Yeah. But anyhow, I guess the thing I'm trying to say is that I'm reading, when I'm reading Elroy, I'm getting, whether anyone else has told me it or not, or verified it for me or not, I'm getting like the personal literary satisfaction from that, that I want when I read, or that I think I need to have when I read, Uh uh where I'm going to be smarter and more whatever. My brain is going to be better off when I'm done. And I'm also just getting entertained to the hilt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, no, so now I'm I'm I would have it done uh, by now, but I've but I've been cramming so many movies. Oh you, yeah, no worries. You had you had so many <laughs> so many so many picks, so many slashes on your list. I only added <laughs> like yeah, three yeah. hour movies on there. Yeah, yeah which I, I should have done yeah, a no 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 no, 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 no. It's good. It was good. It was good. But, um, I guess I'm trying to say I'm 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 just trying to say the, the, no. Uh, hit on the big nowhere that I'm only 50% through right now, I guess that's what I'm saying. So, Mm -hmm. and then I can listen to the other half of the podcast. (laughs) Um, But anyhow, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you guys for that. I was, I was completely asleep on him and I would get them confused between who's the guy that wrote big shorty or get shorty. Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. Yeah. So, so yes. Um, But anyhow, it's just been, yeah. Yeah. I I, I just, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear what you think about Big Big Nowhere. Thrilled to hear uh, that you that you love Black Dahlia. That's kind of what it's all about. Is a, you know, I mean, talking to those guys like and basically being like, yeah, let's start a, <laughs> like like we all just kind of lo- had the same feeling about Elroy, and it is related to that uh, satisfaction that you're describing from reading him and being entertained on on all those different levels but it's also feeling like it's you're reading a book it's it's uh it's it's not just i don't know how do i how do i say this but it's, it's not just satisfactory in the way that certain great genre fiction is satisfactory it kind of like is so um i don't know if i'm mishearing you but it's 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 satisfactory in that way but then it's also satisfactory in a, in a kind of like uh challenging literary way or or in a kind of like a, a broader way um i don't know like i it's something about the pace of it of course but also the experience of getting into reading those books uh has made it difficult for me personally at some <laughs> different times in my life to read other writers which i know we've talked about on but like you you get into i can see that yeah that it's that it's kind of like you are reading this stuff and it's like you're describing waiting for the waiting for the drop and then it doesn't drop <laughs> then you read the next book and it doesn't and the next one and then it doesn't and eventually you find a find you know the the books that aren't as good but he is one of those writers who will say like you read novel after novel after novel and there's no drop there's never that moment that you have uh when reading other books where where you know yeah kind of i mean i'm constantly attention i'm constantly thinking like okay if i finish this then i can go 
read read the big nowhere or if i <laughs> wait, yeah. wait wait a second i'm doing this do i want to be doing this i can be reading the big nowhere right now so <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it's, it's so fun yeah yeah so I, okay so I, we need to I, I need to move us along but i had to had to get that in there and actually there will be a little bit pretty soon there will be a, a little bit of a, a reprise to that sure theme. um so as as a as we do here we will go through your favorite picks and so and you just you've you've gone for the whole enchilada here and gone mm-hmm. with we are doing hidden gem deep wrecks movies no genre just full bore okay uh, everything so we'll say your faves and then we'll go through your overrated and then we will get into the get into the the main course of the yeah your hidden gems yeah so okay and, and and hopefully spend the majority of the conversation on that but there is a lot probably to talk about sure and it we, we won't have any um we've got enough fodder for everything so so number five and your favorites is uh a, a director that a lot of people love um that i have not i've only seen uh killing of a chinese bookie and about half of husbands yeah <laughs> before i threw in the towel which is, <laughs> uh, which is a sin or which i would probably get kicked off of uh, oh, no, corner, corner corner of twitter for doing but um no woman, woman under influence and and so and i you know what actually let's mm-hmm. just let's just go i'm gonna for the well shoot I'm trying to, <laughs> basically basically what i want to do is i want to spin off a patreon which is just going to be your uh second your back your backup picks <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, no, like, so I think, I think i think that should give me <laughs> at least uh at least a nice vacation penny. um <laughs> but uh so because we, we won't have time to talk about them all but anyhow yeah you, have, you i can't so can't do it. So it's a woman under influence. So let's, how about you just address woman, woman under the influence by Cassavetes? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I love John Cassavetes. Um, uh, I have to give a little bit of preamble uh, sure. in that I, you know, you say like, oh, get kicked off this corner of Twitter or what have you. Like, I don't, is he really, I, I can't really tell how beloved he really is by people. I, I um I think that like if I didn't have such a sentimental relationship to his work in a weird way, then I don't know how I would feel about it. I like um I I he's one of those directors who like as I love opening night, which is part of like which is probably my favorite film by him. I like husbands too, actually, but um um and and i I chose women under the influence i kind of think it's his best film i was gonna say is i don't feel the need to rewatch his movies all the time a lot of people talk about how incredible he is and how uh singular he is and i agree that he's great but he is one of those filmmakers who like i i have it on the list but i almost cringe a little bit at it because he's he he is everybody's favorite in a lot of ways but like he is someone who so many different people have uh aped and copied and no one can uh really do do what he he was able to do 
um, with actors. Um, but I chose on the list, A Woman Under the Influence, um, which is a 1974 American drama by this director, John Cassavetes. Um, and it uh, starred his uh, wife and muse, Gina Rollins, um, as well as Peter Falk. And uh, it is a hyper-realistic, uh, gritty um, 70s um, look at uh, basically, you know, what I like about it is, is it is authentically about a moment in these people's lives and it is just that, and it doesn't attempt to be anything different. I think, I think that it is, it gets a lot of its dramatic power in the same way that, um, you know, a director like Alan Clark does. I, I, I think that it, com it comes from the same place largely. And I think that, um, and uh, in many ways, much more interesting director to talk about, but like for me, A Woman Under the Influence um, simply uh, changed and affected forever how I saw writing movies and how, you know, um, the potential I saw in, in movies, I guess. Um, I was interested in his ability to show people who looked more like real people and behaved more like real people to me and to make it feel natural. It, that was profound um, watching with these films for the first time. And, and um, I don't know, like, my dad showed me Women Under the Influence and Faces, and I didn't really know what I was watching. I didn't really like Faces, but I was always kind of uh, moved and affected by Women Under the Influence. And um, that was the one that I think held the most critical weight and um, it was at least one of my father's favorite films as well. And I guess when he showed it to me, it was getting a glimpse of what his taste was or what I thought his taste was. And so I, th there was that. Um, and I, it was one of the first things that he showed me um, that I really liked. And um, I, it was the first movie that showed me that I could be like caught up in this kind of drama where nothing violent happens. Like I, I, um, so how, how old were you when, when you saw it? Do you think? Um, when I first saw it, I think I was probably, I saw, I saw this, I saw Women Under the Influence when I was 14. I was 14, yeah. I just, the other reason is, because I, I think listening to you talk, uh, I re-listened to the Heaven's Gate episode, which is, which I can recommend as a re-listen. Re oh, uh, excellent. T-Pan, because it was, it, was, it was so good. <laughs> 
but uh, from hearing different things that you said over the times, um, I almost feel like uh, I, 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 the only, I, I don't think this would have occurred to me, but I, I rewatched or watched most of uh, Ben Hur this Easter with my child because I needed something to watch with mm-hmm. her, and apparently that was a good idea. And I think, and I'm, I, I noticed from that just that I, I almost like started crying like within the first like three minutes or four minutes. And so I'm just wondering, I'm wondering if, if yeah, if, if it if it gets into you at a certain stage, I think 14 is still maybe still young enough. If then all of a sudden you've got it's in the it's in it's under your skin. No, you, you know what it is it's weird that you said that, but it was the first movie and probably yeah, I mean well Woman Under the Influence was the first movie that I I ever saw my dad cry, I think, watching. Okay. And um and like not like weep or it was some kind of it was like he but it was the first movie i saw him get like emotionally affected by sure exactly like right, yeah kind of like tearing up by it and he was so moved by peter falk and he and it i later kind of found out more as to like why the movie affected him so much um which really had to do with uh relationship early in his life and um how similar it was um to the one in the movie and um you know uh he yeah anyway he was like deeply upset by it and I think that that affected me watching him watching it you know and then I watched it again when you know I was sort of it was still one of those movies as like a wannabe filmmaker you're supposed to watch, you know, you're supposed to watch Cassavetes, I feel like among, among many others. And I felt like he, I just latched onto him quick because he was uh, one of those directors that you're supposed to like that, you know, my dad liked so much and he didn't really like much of anything and uh or so it seemed to me um but like yeah I, w- I was moved watching him but basically like women under the influence is like it's los angeles it's um you know uh alcoholism and mental illness and claustrophobia and uh i like found it incredibly affecting and I don't really like in some ways like I don't always feel like uh I I don't know what uh I'm at a loss for words when it comes to to a woman under the influence uh in a large part um because uh I don't know. I, I, I guess the kind of um, I, I, I guess the truth is, is that I like a woman under the, in my head right now, what I've just been trying to work out is 
is I put down a wonder a woman under the influence and opening night. And I would have just put opening night, but truthfully, I feel like a woman under the influence is the better movie of the two. Um, but uh, you know, opening night um, is one that uh, I that people really haven't seen. Uh-huh. And um, that I think is 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 I don't know was was kind of my favorite, but sorry, I've I have a hard time. Uh, no, no, it's just maybe know, maybe is one, picking is one. the two. Okay, but, right. um, one's one's um, more favorite, and one's more like actually like personal to your life or something. Or, yeah, I or, guess or so. Affecting. Like I guess so. Like, um, but uh, like so, but. Let's just say, that's, okay. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, that's fine. It's kind of like the, you know, it can kind of be like the Brent Easton Ellis question. It's just kind of, you know, what you want to, what you want to, what you want to hit on it for you personally. Cause the only thing that actually matters about, about these, these picks or these questions, so to speak, is, is your personal connection to it. So, uh, so here's what I want to say about, about like, uh, Cassavetes is, is I, I feel like he is everybody, uh, you know, kind of like picks and chooses uh, f- or cherry picks um, certain things they like about about his work. But he was someone who was deeply unpretentious and he was unafraid of drama. And I feel like his worst imitators do this thing where they... Uh, try and recreate the naturalistic performances and the pseudo-realism and they take out any kind of real sex or drama from the piece. And I think that uh, Cassavetes like is important to like go back and reflect on and I would start with a woman under the influence and if you like it watch opening night after that but um don't feel too beholden to him but when you are hating these kind of like boring gutless colorless bloodless heartless movies like that imitate him don't just think that 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 shines a bad light on Cassavetes. Still give Cassavetes a chance because he is unafraid of real drama and tragedy and consequence. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then your number four is the the doozy is uh, Ch- Heaven's Gate, The Deer Hunter, and Year of the Dragon. Basically, a yeah. Chimino. So basically, actually, <laughs> what I should what I should have done is I should have thrown these lists back to you and said. Uh, we're gonna do directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more I the more I looked at it because it was more. But they yeah, don't, they, don't, they don't they don't all meet that criteria. And that might have been that might have been too hard. But yeah. um, but I guess uh, the Heaven's Gate app you did is Heaven's Gate Deer Hunter app you did is is amazing. And, yeah. Uh, I just want so I I listened to that. I got all fired up. I was about to buy Heaven's Gate just blind <laughs> blind buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I okay. I love I I love Chimino. I you know we talked about it on that, and we yeah. did the Elroy Boys about Year of the Dragon, and uh, with Jack, 
So yeah, so we, we should, I'll just splice those episodes in here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Chimino is just like, Chimino's my favorite director and, you know, um, uh, Heaven's Gate is uh, a perfect movie. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of like never know which one to start with because I watched Year of the Dragon. That was probably consistently my favorite for years. And, you know, um uh but like they all feel like equally great to me <laughs> so i feel like people should all watch them and too many people just kind of see one of them but uh <laughs> so, um no yeah so i guess what i was so i even though i consider myself a huge movie buff despite like mm-hmm. but I, I have my biases where i haven't been able to, to get into different things um I thought I, I, I will watch difficult difficult things, um, but maybe I maybe I've I've stepped off eased off the gas on that. But the, I thought I I've seen parts of the Deer Hunter, and I thought I had I thought I had maybe seen it. Like I think I rated it <laughs> on Letterboxd because yeah. I thought I'd seen it, but I had not <laughs> seen it. Anyhow, yeah. so but my my first experience, and I so I think the caveat that I would say is so Sam is saying Heaven's Gate is a perfect movie. I watched mm-hmm. Heaven, I watched Heaven's Gate first. <laughs> and and I got and I got to the end of it. And I, I gotta say, I was I was frustrated and I was angry. And yeah. and then I realized, I realized like a couple of days later that um what my opinion of Michael Cimino is that he, he is a, he is like, a, he is an art house director. He is an art director. Yeah. He, he yeah. but it's very confusing. Really? Yeah. It's very confusing because I don't think, I don't know that I don't know. I can't think of any other art house director that comes in the trappings of a popular Hollywood blockbuster mainstream action type movie. And so he does that. And so, you know, you may like pizza and you may like uh, whatever Thai food, but like mm-hmm. when you're going out for pizza and you get Thai food instead, uh, you can be, you can be confused. Yes. And, yes. And, and so that's what he does. So, but, but, but once you realize that you're going to a pizza restaurant that serves Thai food, it's actually, it's m- much more okay. And so I was thrown off in heaven's gate by like, the, I didn't understand the character's motivations, which I know sounds retarded, but I'm just, but but I, so I don't know I, I, I get it. The, the, all of the criticisms that you guys covered that the critics said in the TPN things were like things I did. I was like I don't care about that. I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I I question and I kind of since he does seem like a big researcher at least for Year of the Dragon and for things. Yeah, I was also thrown off by like this kind of like um, uh, Russian. He he makes he makes he, if Heaven's Gate was like set on the moon. Oh yeah, I think it would be better for me because he throws in like these like what looks like they're Russian refugees or something into Wyoming, and he makes he, there's a very lot of I th- I think there's a lot of ahistorical things which wouldn't normally, which I'm not like a stickler for that, but I I kind of, for I would, could almost come out of that movie more confused about history than when I went in. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 was well, like I mean. Uh... Chimino said that he made what he called supra realism, okay. which I just thought was really funny because it just was like, like, which I say because um, he has cherry picked moments out of history to get particularly attached to, or certain details that he gets attached to. So there are 
several, you know, like, like different aspects of Heaven's Gate that are incredibly exact. And then, you know, he does things like ca- the casting of uh, Isabella Hubert to which, talk about. Sorry, but which, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like all of the, all of those things that didn't, are fine but like pulling yeah. up people people pulling a cart or people pulling a plow i could i know i i know that like railroad companies conned recent immigrants into moving west much with with very little means and things but like i don't i maybe maybe it's just my own movie education i don't <laughs> think that i don't think that like pe- did people ever get together like for a barn raising except to plow their fields with with pulling a plow or like, you know, you see like the, the father has died and the, they don't have any, basically I, I don't yeah. think there was any immigrants that went West that didn't have plow animals or wagon pulling animals. And, um, but I oh, right. I couldn't find anything on the internet about this, <laughs> but, and so, <laughs> and, and now, and uh, I, I can feel people switching the podcast off and deleting me from the internet, but, but like for being, Appetit about this, but I guess the thing is, is so that basically, all I'm saying is that t- I think people should hopefully, hopefully people do watch Heaven's Gate, and obviously it's it's mm-hmm. on Criterion. It feels like it feels like Jimino is uh, has regained his or is on his way to regaining his rightful place in, in the universe because yeah, I guess what it's, is he he goes he is going for the highest degree of difficulty thing that i think you can go for in in cinema and and so i don't think he i think whatever he has a great heaven's gate is a great routine i don't think he completely sticks the landing but but maybe it's maybe it's all the better for its perceived flaws for lack of a better word yeah yeah I, i i mean i think that um you know, uh, he, I mean, I, I, I think that, yeah, you, you have to, um, take those movies like for, for all of their like flaws and so on. You have to so, and, for, for all of those different no, and, aspects. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you can, and cause you knew what you were getting into and I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting into, but, um, but yeah, yeah it's they, got it's got it's got Christopher Christopherson, which is is just great. Mm-hmm. It's got it's got it's got so many things, and um, I'm kind of hijacking your thing because oh no worries because you've already discussed it. So, but I I, I just oh my god, I've got like four <laughs> pages. I've got like because I've got I've got so much notes on this. But we're not going to go through uh, those. That that'll also be on the, <laughs> be well, on, the well, on the premium subscription. Um, here, here we can we can try and like move along through some of these a little bit quicker yeah, yeah and yeah. then and then just see where we get and we can always come back to it so no no but i uh i but i guess what i wanted to say was that so it, so i watched that and then i watched year of the dragon because i was like this just looks like it's going to be fun yeah and i was and i was and i was, and i said i also i knew what i was getting into with chimino after that so i was able to just relax and enjoy that yeah, uh, and so and and it, and I can definitely see. I see why you like it so much, and and it was it's really good, and it's, I think it's so crazy that it's just this uh, this movie is just sitting out there to be watched that people have never I never I never heard heard of it. You know what I mean? Did you feel like it was like a big art house? Uh, like like that one in particular was like an almost like the art house version of like a big William Friedkin 
80s blockbuster or you know like a big cops and robbers michael mann epic except like i don't know through the chimino fide so basically i feel like what he has when he sits down with a script or to write or something which is also amazing because he's writing these and directing these in case people don't know but i feel like he has like he has a way that he wants the audience to leave the theater and he also has emotional notes that he wants to hit on the way there and i feel like he that's what he cares about and he also and he's also got to be the best director with interiors Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. the the paper shack in heaven's gate the men's club <laughs> the men's club in heaven's gate i'm like why isn't why why isn't this men's club in tons of movies this is an amazing <laughs> uh and then obviously the chinese restaurant in here the dragon yeah and i mean just every every all if you once you start looking at it if you notice all of his interiors are amazing and have something to it's not you know, a lot of guys can put an actor in a fedora and it's like oh okay we're kind of spicing things up it looks kind of cool you know what i mean but he yeah i really appreciate all i mean the bedroom or her, her flat in year of the dragon yeah i mean he the soybean uh, yeah, factory <laughs> yeah i mean obviously obviously like in the one of your future david lynch picks is, is yeah. the anti, anti this but i almost feel like he's like the anti david lynch and that he like yeah. cares that he cares about all of these like aesthetic um interior choices maybe okay he maybe he's the anti he's the anti inland empire <laughs> no that's a preference yeah that, but, yeah yeah it's yeah keep going um so uh so yeah so watch so watched watched year of the dragon um and so that's i, I i'm glad i'm happy for everybody that that's just sitting out there for them to <laughs> to, to, to watch and and it can be like it's such a it is such a i i feel like it's so what I was going to say is that you're the dragon is not so artsy. It's not art. I, it's, no, it's almost not artsy at all, except no. that it has different like emotional places that he wants to take you with the relationship. Sure. And then, and, and also maybe the, you guys talk about the, the breakup scene in you're the dragon is maybe mm-hmm. like one of the best scenes. And I was, yeah, not, not all of movies, but I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely gotta be the, one of the best breakup scenes and it's so freaking real and it's amazing. And then, but then right after that, then he just, then there's other, other quibbles that I, that I might have that make it more of a Chimino flick with, um, Oh yeah. Him, him running out of the house and his friend is just all of a sudden there too, but I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you a part to respond. Um, I'm just, I just, but, but, but the breakup it, it, there's, but yeah, he takes everything too a new amazing level anyhow <laughs> what i'm trying what i'm all building towards is that then i finally watched the deer hunter mm-hmm. and it was just one of the best like experiences I, I will have with anything uh over the next whatever five years or five year period at least if not if yeah. not more and it's just something so like i it's not my favorite movie but like, I want to tell people that it's my favorite movie just because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, every, everything worked. And so it, I think after you watch, if you watch the deer hunter, that explains a lot about heaven's gate It's basically, you know, he went for a grand slam on the deer hunter. Whatever, and that's not even a good analogy because there's it's so multifaceted. There's just so many different things that he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many times and, and the difference between I think Heaven's Gate and the Deer Hunter for me is that 
you know, when the, when the, in the courtroom movies where they, the, the judge says, okay, I'll let, I'll give you a continuance. or I'll let you go, but you better, you better show me where you're going with this. You know what I mean? You better, <laughs> you better bring it back around and make it relevant to the case or something like that. Yeah. Every time in the deer hunter, he, he, he does that perfectly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just amazing. It was, it was, I was, I was going to say, question you this is my yeah my funny thing the, i i it reminds me of another movie you'll never get it but so but what what is there does it trigger any other movies for you for, the, for, from a different director the deer hunter um it's a good question um No, so like, like aside from this is a that, stupid. This is stupid. Yeah, you know, no, you may not, probably you may not, not. Nothing. Good. You may not. You yeah, may yeah. not. You may not agree with it, but for me, it almost uh, maybe it's just because I read the Wikipedia on this, but it almost triggers Dirty Dancing. And okay. Then, yeah. And then it's just this. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like it's this super personal. Like that. That. That was the only movie that she wrote and directed or whatever, because it was all based on her personal life, and it's just. I'm, I'm not a huge Dirty Dancing fan, but I think, I feel like that's a very tight, perfect kind of bing, bang, boom movie. As, I don't know. It's yeah. not a fan. I think I maybe only see it once. Maybe, I, maybe I'm completely speaking out, but, but it's so, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of like heart. There's a lot of like f- things that I think feel genuine about it. And that's why people like it. Yeah. And I think he invested some part of his soul. So he bought, he bought a script mm-hmm. about a guy going to Las Vegas to do uh, Russian roulette competitions right and then he uh, like taught and then he basically tossed it and and wrote his own thing and incorporated vietnam and yeah yeah uh uh i have to the um i mean for me the deer hunter was i don't know just that was like the only acceptable vietnam movie in the house and that was just the the I grew up with that one and uh, as well. And I think about it less than the other two because obviously it has um, a lot more love. Than, right. So it doesn't, it ones. doesn't, doesn't need you as much as the other ones do. Um, right. Exactly. It's a great, I guess, I guess the, the point, my point is that I had been actively avoiding the deer hunter because I just thought, Oh God, I can't, yeah. I, you know, I can't right now, I can't deal with dying steel town or poor people in a steel town. And I can't, or middle class, whatever, you know, these people yeah. are on the other people are, they're taking it on the chin in the steel town and mm-hmm. then they're going to go take it on the chin in Vietnam. And I just, I just, yeah. I, I was like, I think I know where this is going. And so I was, you know, I, when you put it down on the list, I actually groaned because I was just You're like, like, no, oh, <laughs> oh no, you know, now I got to watch the deer hunter. <laughs> and, and so i'm you know so anyhow i think that just speaks to how amazing it is and we'll yeah the, the deer hunter podcast but i my my first my, with my now mother-in-law my first conversation that i remember having with her was i went down to the basement of my wife's childhood home and i was like oh you guys have some you guys have some good movies down there uh i was like it was like you got the deer hunter she's like oh yeah have you have you seen it? I said no. I haven't been to watch it. Was, it's so long, and even though I was a huge movie buff, and she's like, she was just disgusted with me. She's like, it's a it's a classic. 
and this is a this is a skin you know a swedish woman so this is not oh like, really yeah so this is like this is it's even that much funnier uh, have you have you spent have you been living in Sweden at all? Have you spent any time there? So I spent the first um, lockdown in the UK there, which okay. so that was like that was, so I was like whatever four months or five months last year. Okay, um, and then and then go back and forth and stuff. Yeah, so okay, so yeah, so like I've I've avoided certain directors, but I've 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 done my time with Bergman just because whatever I'm. Whatever Christian background or something like that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, and then and then have you? Ever... We'll have to talk about that sometime. Oh, definitely. I, yeah, I, I went to his house on Faro. Okay, cool. Yeah, good to talk. That's but, um, yeah, cool. Uh, and then I guess the only uh, well, you know, I'll give you back the wheel after this, but um, no worries. Uh, have you ever seen Thirteen Samedi? No, I haven't. Um, uh, I haven't seen it. Um, I I need to see it. Um, so I mean, I don't know what yeah. this is. The uh, I remember when this came out because this is that is that the Georgian movie? And I don't. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I forget whether it, Georgian. It probably is Georgian. It's it's by this Jello guy who only has this movie, and then he has. But it's, the, a, it's about Russian roulette, right? It's about it's about Russian roulette, except the guys all stand in a circle with guns. To like, there's like twenty guys or something, and they all stand in a circle, and then the light goes on in the basement, and uh, and then they all pull the trigger. And I think I think if they shoot too soon, I think there's a guy there to blow their brains out. But okay, but it comes off. But I think that it's fun if you don't know that going in and you just don't know why this guy's going to this gets a letter we won't yeah. go into it but anyhow i that's my that's my whatever my one hidden gem recommendation of the for, <laughs> for, for the for the for the yeah for the listeners but anyhow so that that, that i can't i can't whatever the point is that there's just he obviously recognized the drama of the russian roulette in the script and then that was and bought and probably probably only bought it as like a just a legal thing or something like that and then threw it all out yeah he thought i mean it was the like his whole thing i don't know what point he decided what i mean you don't know you get the sense with chimino that he probably uh you know i don't know um uh changes his mind all the time but um for that, my understanding was that the like Russian roulette, uh, while like his whole thing with it was that while it may not have happened in Vietnam, um, it was the greatest uh, cinematic device that he could use to like, you know, make you feel like you were getting to transport the viewer as much as you possibly could into a violent situation or into that tense situation, you know? So he was trying to find a way with point of view to like recreate an experience for the viewer. Um, so that's, I mean, that's all I'll say about that. About yeah. No. And also probably just like the pointlessness and chaos of, of Vietnam, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But so anyhow, back with my thing this it has been this 13 movie it's been remade as 13 it has like 50 cent i think it had mickey rourke in it i could be wrong maybe, maybe you would have no seen you're it. probably right i, I, all, I know it has oh, so, man. so it's a great script i think i've seen the i've seen the remake i kind of like the remake it's not as good it's definitely not as good as the black and white 
whatever foreign language thing, but it's, I, it's super short. But I, I need to rewatch both before I, I mean, I, I, anyhow. It's got uh, Sam Weinstein in it, though. The uh, the remake does. <laughs> okay, okay, it doesn't have big work. It has, it has the guy from um, oh shit, whatever the yeah. Ray, Ray Winston or whatever. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. the he's in Scum, which we might get to talk about today. Right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, so that that's it. That's my I, I I will I will back off now, and we can actually that's gonna be a hard thing to do with your next pick. I'm the guest on my own show, but um, Brief Encounter is your number three favorite, which is yeah. also one of the first Criterion movies I bought. And it's just a perfect movie. And it's so great. And, yeah. So you, you know, this one. Yeah. Yeah. I had seen it. Yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I love Brief Encounter. Um, you know, I hope that like I can. That's one movie that like um, at least Brendan and I have talked a lot about doing like a, a deep dive into that. Um, I I discovered Brief Encounter actually by way of James Elroy, I think, because he had listed it somewhere or had talked about it somewhere as being a favorite film of his, and he had talked about other genre noir um but he talked about this and he talked about i think kurosawa's stray dog and um uh so i had seen this when i was young and like watched some of lean's other movies and i liked it but i was not in love with it I watched it later in life and um, I absolutely fell in love with it. I watched it at a time where I was looking for exactly what it was though, um, which is a sweeping, beautiful, romantic um, British melodrama with uh, an incredible, uh, with, maybe the greatest score of all time um, that is this big grand movie about a very um, fleeting moment. And uh, I think, I just think it's perfect. And I put it on the list because it's, you know, I don't know. I'm so obsessed with uh, genre movies and violent movies and strange and disturbing movies. Um, I don't know. I, I, this movie to me, um, like you said, is a perfect uh, movie and it has. It is, I don't know, it's it's the love story, the likes of, like, you're just not going to see portrayed like that again. Um, it uh, was based on a play, um, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. Um, and it's an incredibly, like, I don't know, like... Uh, 
like I, I, those Chimino movies I picked and this in large part, because I guess a lot of my favorite movies are stuff like the Alan Clark movies or the Neil Jordan movies that are smaller and revolve around a much smaller group of people and are not particularly long. Um, you know, I, I do like big maximalist movies and this is that, like, this is a maximalist like romance, but it is entirely subtle and it takes its time. And, um, yeah. Um, it, uh, so I was just, I was just AP. I was just, uh, repeating because you had posted 52 pickup and this are perfect movies on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it is. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's based on the, it's a David lean, same guy that did Lawrence of Arabia, one of my favorite movies, uh, based on the Noel Coward play. And still Coward, life. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is that with the still, okay. And no, Noel Coward. Yeah. Okay. Noel Coward. It's a huge, huge deal over here and uh whatever uh Sherman Howard was a big guy I think um I'm sure I've seen we've seen more of his movies but yeah it's just it's basically two people bumping into each other on a train station every day in the kind of like cafe area and the romance that between two married people but it's just like it's mm-hmm. only eight it's only, I guess I don't know if I said it. it's only 86 minutes so there's just you know go out there and and watch it and then you can say you hate it you know whatever but it's it's uh i think for uh it's i, I kind of feel like it's maybe it's a romantic i wonder if it's a male romantic movie like i don't know it's like it's yeah like, it's like if, if this doesn't if this doesn't pull on you a little bit then it's it's just it's really good it's it's not i would say it's very minimal you don't have to extend that much effort in any way to watch it it's not going to ask terribly much of you other than to watch a movie from 1945 um but it's it, it could change your yeah. life. <laughs> no, it can. And I always think of it in terms of like Lean's other movies, but it's a, like a perfect 85 minutes. You know, like it's, it has no fat on it at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and so number, your number two, this is your number two favorite movie, Sam. Dead um, Ringers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dead Ringers, like, that became i would say that only like okay first of all like i i will say that like the (laughs) the favorites and the hidden gems and all that they all like blend together for me and it's it's very difficult to (laughs) yeah because i know i know i know what you're saying because i think i i i want to say that like last days of disco is my number two favorite movie and that's Mm. with stillman movie but I don't know how much of that is because it's not as popular and it's not as loved. And so then it, it climbs the charts for me personally. Yeah. Which I think is what you're getting at, which if I, yeah, yeah. Which no, if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing that myself, I mean, and so that's like, whatever on either side of that is Casablanca and star Wars. So, <laughs> so if I didn't have that there, I don't know if I would understand your, your thinking so much, but I, I do. For sure. For sure. So like, like, like the, um, you know, uh, like, so the first couple on the list were like, I know Chimino had to have a spot. Like, I know that Cassavetes had to have a spot. And like, then the two that just 
I like loved unabashedly were like Dead Ringers and Brief Encounter. Like Dead Ringers to me um, is my, I, I, I would say that it was probably one of my lesser favorite Cronenberg films that um, like meant more to me over the years because of my brother and I became, I started to look at it as a, like a, a great movie about brothers, <laughs> uh, uh, which it's, uh, that's not really that all it's about. Um, and it's a really perverted movie about brothers, but like the, uh, this moment in which like they are falling down and uh, one brother is killing himself with dilated injections and then nothing is working and the other brother is trying to get him to kick cold turkey and then he's trying to titrate him off of drugs and then he's decided that he's going to that he has to be at the same level as him and then they're going to come down off of drugs and there's just this like whole part of the film that is them like locked away in their office um and their whole uh pad office has turned into um there, you know, like there's just needles everywhere. And uh, Jeremy Irons is like wandering around eating ice cream and shooting pharmaceutical heroin. And I, you know, at a certain moment, like was, I was never uh, like, I had a brother who's four years younger than me we were very close and we would we alternated like drug addictions over the course of like our 20s for the most part and like um I can't watch Dead Ringers and not think about the time when I was like living with my brother while he was on heroin and and I was getting off of uh opiates and um you know, like, I can't not see that movie <laughs> without thinking about this moment. And I'm very moved by the moment in the film where, uh, forgetting the name, I don't know if it's um, Elliot and Elliot decides to, it's Elliot decides to go back. I think it's Elliot. Elliot decides is I think Bev is the one who's yeah. in the worst shape. And then he ramps it up um he's trying to get bev well i think yeah. and um this uh this point in which like um i don't know i was you're living with a certain kind of drug addiction um that takes you over and it's not what the movie's about but like it that's part of what the horror is about is their like descent into that and like you know, there's all kinds of other perverse elements to it, but this, like, this horror story that was basically this codependent drug-based relationship, <laughs> um, it got that so well, and um, the way that it, uh, it's, its ending was so, it felt so, uh, 
genuinely tragic to me and uh i don't know like it's not again something that a movie that people think of as uh, being a film about drugs it's about two twin brothers and people think of it as a you know kind of his first i guess more serious um but it's still associated with like a, a body horror film, which is, you know, it devolves into, but like the moments of uh, Elliot trying to care for Bev just, you know, make the movie for me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's about twin gynecologists who um, start seeing an actress who they be one of them becomes particularly obsessed with and uh falls in love with um and they have a routine with women that is kind of revealed and uh basically like at the same time that that uh they're introduced to this woman she also kind of introduces them or it suggested that she's the one who introduces it to them I think to like casual drug use and uh they start going down that and it's I mean it's no it's 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 no, largely it's, about drug addiction I get I guess so yeah I like yeah. if I if I hear like body horror and drug addiction movie I'm like heading the other way but I found it it it's not I, it kicks up it kicks up it spikes near the towards the end yes so, so for most of it it's i it's i think it's a pretty easy watch and it's a rewarding watch uh this again i i don't know i like clothes and i like aesthetics and it has this very nice very cool very interesting kind of like 80s canadian aesthetic to it which i think is worth worth watching for that and then jeremy irons is i after i watched margin call i was like oh my god i just want more jeremy irons and there's not a ton of jeremy irons out there to, to watch um no. uh, not, not as much as no. i would like it so i think people probably should should grab on to to dead ringers just for, for that like uh because he's i don't know he's so just a cut above um everything i mean i don't know he's so he's so good i was trying to think is he i guess he's not in the mission but anyhow uh that, that i can't even yeah he's he's in he's in, he's in other things but there's not it, he, he's perfect in this he looks great in this it's it's cool to see yeah. him. um it's not it's and not it's not nearly as i don't it's not nearly as bleak or as perverted i don't think i mean maybe, maybe i it's it's it fucks people like i showed it to my uh girlfriend and and she like up to a certain point she was like and she loves cronenberg but was kind of like wait is this really a cronenberg movie like and okay yeah yeah, yeah and then no, the later half unfolded and it was like yeah it's no, pretty brutal no like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. My, my yeah my significant other as well would would definitely do that i guess i'm thinking yeah yeah maybe, I, maybe no I, I know what you mean though but like i was I mean, maybe i was going you. off of your your description yeah. of it, maybe on on tvn or something where you had described it before Mm-hmm. And, and so I was bracing myself and I went in and I was like, oh, this is most of it. It's just really a nice movie that's beautiful. And uh, it, yeah, it has a lot. It has a lot of, I hate to say heart because that's, that's dumb, a dumb word, but it has a lot going oh, on. It has, it has a lot of, uh, 
there's definitely something there that you, you feel it's 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 it, it's actually um you know it's um i mean that's the accusation that he gets hit with a lot especially with those films i would think is that right is that he's kind of a cold and surgical director or he's removed from his topics you know like and the truth is is that like he's he's very warm at times and dead ringers is actually kind of a warm film and like aesthetically as you described even it has a kind of like warmth to it and um it's a little bit of the chamber piece too like it's a little bit of like uh, i enjoy and even and i guess that's the other thing is even though the female lead is not that classically attractive i was just them talking in the couch it was still worked for me so a lot of yeah so anyhow so i can see i can see why now i i wanted i wanted to kind of come on bad cop with this and then yeah yeah he's off and 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 i know that's what i was saying like this is really your uh, such a favorite movie but now obviously the personal connection but then also i I can see why just even if you didn't have a personal connection to it why someone would like it so much Um, yeah yeah so and then your number one is inland empire yeah yeah so yeah this this movie will just not go away everyone that i've like ever 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 respected their opinion on things seems to you know who i uh, really you know really like it always seems to say good things about this movie and i've just been avoiding it um and so i've, I've watched the first half but i haven't gotten through the through the last of it but what maybe what briefly what what is what, why is this your number one favorite movie sam uh inland empire is like my my number one favorite movie because um David Lynch is this, is up there too with my favorite directors, and um, I saw a huge number of the movie. Like a lot of my early film education was based on an interest in David Lynch, like, and in particular in like Blue Velvet, and um, by the time. Inland Empire came out, which was not long after um, I had gone to art school in California. A lot of like my peers and the people who I was in film school with, they they also loved David Lynch. And everyone by that time, by 2005, 2006, loved David Lynch. And um, I was terrified at I was terrified I wasn't going to go around telling people that David Lynch was my favorite director or that at, at, at that point I was like, I need, I was trying to get as far away from, from Lynch as possible. Like I wasn't. And, and I knew I liked his films. I, I didn't want to talk about him though. I was tired of talking about him. I didn't like my peers at film school who wanted to make movies like them. I thought that I was smarter than them and that whatever they saw and liked about David Lynch, like I saw a long time ago and they were wrong about him. And anyway, I didn't like the fake Lynch fans. I can, fans. I, I, can I can respect, I can, I can, res- I can respect that. So yeah. Yeah. And then this movie came out and I didn't go see it. And, um, but I remember the weekend it came out because like, uh, 
because I came to class and all of the all of like all by like all of the Lynch fanatics fucking like um were just like despondent because their favorite director had just like shot a dud and they like absolutely were like no it's not good i don't know what he was thinking you know the digital video the digital video this is a tough one yeah i don't know maybe i don't know maybe in time (laughs) it'll come around but people didn't like it and then um a family member uh saw it and was like no this is incredible and i was like you you really you like this like and i ended up going to see it and i was blown away by it and like i couldn't not i couldn't pretend to dislike his work anymore but i also loved that it had sent like all these fans of his flying so like a lot of my love of this movie is that it like made these people so upset but it it's a movie that can continues to make people upset like like i i people are 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 still kind of like it's not like there there are are certain people who love it but for the most part it's a a difficult nut to crack and like not a fun movie for most people i think that it looks even more beautiful today than it did when it came out i think that like the way that he uses digital is remarkable. I think that it is a better film than Mulholland Drive. And I love Mulholland Drive, but, uh, and in, you know, um, I think that this, it's different than Mulholland Drive, but it gets at the story of Mulholland Drive and, and I think accomplishes it a little bit better and it does so in a much more unsentimental and brutal fashion and um it is it feels like an entirely haunted artifact and yeah, I, I, I can see i it's, i hate it when people talk about books that they haven't finished yet so talking about a movie you haven't finished yet is even probably worse but just having watched half of it, I can see why I get why he does the opening to kind of shake the people that are not going to be the writer dies. And then I can see why I can see why people like him so much just from, from watching this. I, I, I've only seen blue velvet and, and the whole mm-hmm. drive. And um, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is that his, uh, I think someone could argue that his artistic mastery actually shines through more here because it is so abstract and different and everything and you're just like wait a second he can he can make anything beautiful or he can he can make you know i don't know he can he, he can turn the dials up and set the things on the, the highest difficulty all madden setting and he yeah. can and he can and he can he can still win so um, yeah i think yeah. i don't know that's that's the direction it's going for right now but um uh so you have you said uh, previously that uh, for your overrated that Chimino is the real Coppola or that Coppola basically their yeah. the places in history should be switched and uh, you have down here the Godfather is overrated yeah and anything by Coppola yeah 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 I 
yeah, so, it, so that, you know, that's, I, that's, it, that's its own podcast but uh yeah yeah we don't have to get all into that but i join should i say a yeah, couple yeah, words? Yeah, yeah, yeah so the yeah coppola sucks like he's not someone who you should study or care about like and uh he is i don't know i i i think he's trash and uninteresting and i don't i, I don't get I don't get anything about Coppola. I, I I understand. I know I put The Godfather here, but um, I actually kind of like The Godfather, and I like The Godfather too. And I oh, think so that those so, are his so, best movies, right? So it's all it is is, is just saying that it, it's overrated. That's all. It's so it's so, it's, so, it's, so, so, it's yeah. So it needs to be explained. But and I, I and I I don't know if before I had seen The Deer Hunter and seen that wedding scene in The Deer Hunter, if I wouldn't. I mean, I necessarily would have known exactly what you're saying but like in that wedding scene the deer hunter there's so much sweat and there's so much depth and there's so much and you guys are and that was also the thing on, on that episode you're talking about how long this wedding scene is and everything i got to it it it, it never dragged for me at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh because whatever the interiors of the greek orthodox church are so nice and every, everything is so perfect there's so much to digest there's, it never felt it never felt long i didn't notice the mm-hmm. time at all and but anyhow but you compare there's no sweat in the godfather you know what i mean mm. Mm. there's there's exactly exactly it's the same thing as like i put the searchers on here like john <laughs> ford it's like you watch a john ford western and you don't see any dust on anybody's boots you know like right. so what are we know? even doing here <laughs> so yeah. like no so there is this like you know and and yeah chimino was the guy who like <laughs> get everything else wrong but he'd get the dust on the boots perfect <laughs> uh and then and then possession which i'm actually glad i'm very glad to see this because this is another, i think probably even more from where you come where the art art school kid possession is a biggie isn't it yeah i mean i bought it i bought a copy of it like i i really it was one of those movies that i really wanted to like and that i I I watched it more than once and I had myself pretty convinced that like I liked it for some time. I don't know why. Like I since it was so it was such a big movie for like the Gaspar in a way, you know, and 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 uh like it was a horror film and there were some uh like genuinely nauseating moments but in general it just it just doesn't really yeah okay yeah no i'm i it it looks really good in parts and obviously she's gorgeous but i that was one where i i whatever in my younger days i i I couldn't stick i think i started fast forwarding (laughs) yeah 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 i don't blame you but 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 maybe that's i don't know how much that is art but it's just it's it's one of those movies that people will pretend to like more than they actually do oh it's a lot of people a lot of people on like i said before i whatever troll letterbox pretty hard and it's the number <laughs> it's the number one favorite movie for a lot of people yeah um, so so i'm glad for you to yeah take a take a swing at it uh, <laughs> and so we have uh now the round of the round of the hidden gems yeah uh butcher boy uh yes. and you say and, and you're basically you're just this, a huge fan of neil jordan which i i think I think you can spend a little bit more time on this one just because I'm not, uh, I'm trying to think if I, 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 it's not, it's not, it, this is definitely, 
it's a name it's a name people know i think but i don't know if that many people are actually watching his films yeah i mean i think people have seen maybe there was a certain point in time where everybody had seen the crying game and right no i was a vampire yeah that, and, that was huge i guess sorry um, that's not that's not that's not right i'm saying they, I, I've, I've heard of butcher boy but i had not i had not I seen oh, it yeah. or seen it or heard anyone talking about it um yeah yeah so um the Butcher Boy is an adaptation of a novel by this Irish novelist, Patrick McCabe. Um, and uh, it was adapted into a movie by Neil Jordan in 97. Um, uh, it was a movie that was, you know, uh, I saw in the theaters when it came out. Um, so... So I was almost year. 13, I think. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, basically, um, so the movie and the book um, follow this it, kid in the early 60s. And uh, he is, I think, 11 or 12 and it opens um, with him living this incredibly uh, dysfunctional life um, with his alcoholic family um, and schizophrenic mother. Um, he kind of like, it follows him as he kind of begins to dissociate more and more and more um, into his kind of uh, fantasy world realm um, that uh, is kind of his escape and um, his behavior becomes like increasingly um, aberrant as the movie goes on and begins acting out and loses his only friend and before he kn knows it his mom is sent back up to um you know the mental institution and his father is drinking himself to death and uh you know he hoofs it to dublin to see the big city and then yeah. comes back and it's kind of this club yeah, eventually goes to a, whatever reformatory school, and mm -hmm. yeah, and eventually ends up in a reformatory school, and um, before where he's abused before getting out, and and like all the while he's dissociating, and you're kind of you're 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 one of the really powerful things about the movie is quite simple which is its point of view and that it's entirely from this character's point of view and it does a really wonderful job kind of like going between his dissociating uh fantasy worlds and you know what's going on in his day-to-day -day life and uh it's kind of a you know, like in its DNA and its cinematic DNA is definitely Taxi Driver, A Clockwork Orange, you know, um, 
it has a similar like monologue the entire time you're you're literally in uh, it's, it's, the, it's played for a comedy basically <laughs> yeah yeah it's um, an extremely extremely it, dark comedy and it's very like the fast talking a lot of irish dialect or di- you know a lot of irish words and things like that so it's this very it's 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 its own completely unique movie i think yeah and and you know it has some fairly well-known irish character actors but other than that um you know the most famous person in it is Sinead o'connor um who plays the virgin mary and okay yeah and she looks beautiful in this (laughs) yeah and um uh she really does yeah and brendan gleason and uh stephen ray's plays the father but uh I I loved this movie when it first came out. Like I I thought that like that this is a movie that made me want to make movies. It's a movie that made me want to tell stories. I was deeply moved by the kid. I like identified with him. I <laughs> I thought that like to the point where like and I and I went and I read the book. Um, which took me a long time because it's like written in this kind of like that it's written largely in this kind of like dialect that I guess for Americans it's a little bit for me it was difficult to, sure. to crack when I first was reading it as like a, a teenager you to, but you have to have the like, subtitles on but it's not easy but man I've had this book since I was I was like 11 and so um I'm just showing up the book for, and uh, uh, it uh, is incredible. And um, yeah, um, I think that it has this incredibly cathartic moment of violence towards the end that's horrifying. Um, It is, you know, uh, Jack talks a lot about, I think like the movies that came out in 98, 99, and this belongs in that wheelhouse of great movies that came out then um, and that wouldn't be made now. You know, no one would dare try and tell this story sure. now. Um, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not straightforward. It's just, it's very, like, I don't know. It's very, uh, whether you like it or like it or hate it, there it's, it's unique artistry is, is on display and it's kind of amazing that this, I don't know. I, I think this is my first Neil Jordan movie that I've seen because I've missed all those big ones. But uh, but uh, yeah, he, he just seems like he, I can see why when you said it made you want to make movies is because you can just see, I don't know, he, he seems like he's perfectly exerted his whatever, force of will on, on this and then yeah. shaped, shaped it exactly how he wanted it. Um, Absolutely. So it's a whatever, a impressive in that respect um and basically the exact opposite i would say of butcher boy is your next hidden gem yeah which is uh again we're let, let, let leaving money on the table here but but let's talk about bad day at black rock oh um, okay yeah because I've, I've seen that more recently and also i um i really love it and uh but i also i also like the the killer's kiss and the that I mean, I need to rewatch it. Stanley Kubrick's early film. Yes. That, yes. The, the end of the killer's kiss that run across the rooftops of New York. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why that's like not in every movie, but it's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, no, it's phenomenal. No, I, I watched that, and real quick, I watched that in the killing together. You know, which were his first two movies, and and are perfect noir, both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, I, yeah, that's 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 another good podcast. The killing is is fantastic, but so so. So we got Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. What, yeah. What? I, I Spencer agree, Tracy I would, and I Robert this, Ryan. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree that this is um, that this this is a whatever. It's probably a big movie when it came out and and has some recognition, but it's not something that I don't know people prioritize. You know, I don't I don't feel like people necessarily right now are really yeah. prioritize the Spencer Tracy picks like they might a another star from his era but i I, no no you know who loves it though and and why it's not going to go away is is paul thomas anderson so okay and it's 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 yeah it's it's awesome i loved it i guess this is the uh perfect example of like kind of like just like a little capsule or almost a uh Mm -hmm. what do you call it a a sitting room drama or so it's not it's it whatever it's just it's the writing and it's very it's just tight about a a guy who comes to deliver like a, a war medal to his, his son's friend, Japanese yes. uh, father in this remote yeah. town. And I don't know if it's in Arizona or where, wherever it takes place, but um, and he basically runs into the, um, the guy who, who controls everything, the biggest rancher or whatever in the area. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little mystery and it's just, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah, those the like mysterious one-armed man who is also oh, the hero. Right. So Spencer Tracy is he's old, obviously. He's old. He's, yeah. he's an old dude by the time he, he's doing this because he's 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 playing the father of a son who's been killed in war or is killed in war, whatever. He's playing and and he also is lame. And so they make yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's it's uh uh they're there's you know he's greeted with with hostility and um yeah it's it's also got lee marvin in it and ernest Bernardine. right so, sorry burying the leads there no no but i mean it's got so many people in it it's you can't not like bad day of black rock it's it's a great one yeah it's yeah it, it's uh, yeah just the way it looks okay so yeah and it's also i mean it's directed by john sturgis which i mm-hmm. uh was just realizing that i needed to go back and watch uh so he directed the great escape and magnificent seven and then mm-hmm. bad day black rock would be his next one and then i yeah he he's uh, on fight at the okay crowd yeah which he's I, great which i just recently watched that and i think i, I but the first half of that i was just like oh my god i was in heaven and, and then by the second half i was like <laughs> i came back down to earth a little bit but um, yeah um <laughs> uh, i feel like i feel like we need to say more about what i do bad day at oh. black rock but i just i guess people just folks should this again is this is all this is only 81 minutes sam so this is another yeah. this is a fun yeah. easy watch yeah and i i, I watched i watched this i i liked it so much that i watched it with my wife recently so if i can watch it with my wife then that it's an easy watch yeah and it's kind of it is one of those movies that like you can't really give i mean i realized i just spoiled the entirety of of the butcher boy but like or i said a lot about it but like it's less that's less dependent this is more dependent i think this is yes spoilable i think 
Yeah, and very quickly spoilable. And it's it's such an easy movie to watch, like you said. Um and then okay, so the outfit. This is now this is this is yeah. So this might be that most, one. I'm gonna have to look up the watches on Letterboxd, but this might be your most hidden hidden gem. And this is actually this is kind of a movie that we bonded in the DMs over. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, because it's uh, the other great movie directed by John Flynn, who made Rolling Thunder. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched it because I saw Rolling Thunder and, you know, <laughs> want to track down the other movies that, that so guy made. Is, so this is the, yeah, from 1973. It's 1973, neo-noir <laughs> with Duvall, Robert Duvall, Karen Black, Jodon Baker, also Robert Ryan, um, you know, one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, and from, uh, who's also in Bad Day at Black Rock. Um, it uh, is a, you know, based off of uh, Donald Westlake or, you know, the Richard Stark character, Parker, um, who is, you know, introduced in a series of, of uh, you know, kind of noir fiction and I guess probably last seen as represented by Mel Gibson um forget what the fuck the payback is called yeah that- payback yes thank you and um uh so this is and i don't know who um wrote it um oh, but but I, uh, you keep going it, i'll find out but it is it says well it says it was co-written by westlake and john flynn oh nice so that's why it's so Flynn, damn good so so it was probably just written by Westlake and Flynn put his name on it. Like he said. <laughs> um, this, this is it, almost, this is almost could be a little bit. Uh, I, it, it's so. Um, this, this has an aspect. This has a, the way it's filmed too, or the way it, it's very. Um, I don't know. I was gonna first. I was gonna say it, it's not. That's not something. It's it's somewhat akin to something your grandpa would have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's a uh, uh, very much. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean it. It it feels that. I mean, you've got Robert Ryan in there, <laughs> um, so automatically. But uh, it does feel. Uh, very much in the Jim Thompson getaway Walter Hill mode, you know, um, and where I think it, you know, opens with uh, uh, Duval's exit from uh, prison. And, um, you know, I think he, it begins with him meeting up with his, his girlfriend, right. After, after getting out of, of, yeah, and that's and that's I think as the whatever uh, Richard Stark or things are complicated, and, and also with your grandpa, things are, things are yeah exactly with the getaway too. There's uh, some, <laughs> you know whatever things you get out you get out from prison and things are not always as great and super with the lady. Yeah, um, it, it, but basically, like in this, he gets out and um, you know he finds out that like his brother's been killed. And uh, the title refers to the outfit, which is essentially like the mob that our hero 
once worked for or is a it's part very, of it's this very like corporate different type of crime syndicate it's not the i feel like this whatever i i think of this richard stark but west west lakes syndicate or whatever or outfit is yes yeah. is, is, is a different um gangster entity than you see in any other movies yeah or any yeah other fiction I feel yeah like. yeah no it's um it's very like it's very like straight lace it's very like protestant like white it's yeah very, it's not it's not even like it's not even like something from like russians from john wick or something that's it's and that's what it is so it has an interesting ominousness to it um the it has a, a similar thing though in its kind of like weird organization and like feeling as though it is completely above board and and you know like like it, it it feels like it's part of something some hidden world like it feels like you're you're walking in on the american yakuza you know or yeah, like it's it's, it's very it's like it's an it's an organized crime faction that is totally uh you know it's 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 totally become part of the you know chicago infrastructure it's, yeah or like know, they probably have board seats on exxon mobile so don't mess with them you know yeah yeah it's it's, kind of, it's reminiscent of uh in, in no country for old men kind of like the the office where isn't where Woody Harrelson or whatever, whoever the guy who's directing the shots, calling the shots, sending the Javier Bardem out to kill people. In yeah. Kind of D- Dallas elevator office building type of vibe. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And, um, and, uh, uh, you know, he basically ends up um, uh, trying to like seek, um, avenge his brother and uh you know that takes him you know on you know a quest from one outfit member to boss to sub boss <laughs> you know he's as he uh uh you know bounces from timothy carey to robert ryan and joe don baker but you know like i you know timothy carey is featured in this movie and one of the few movies that he's featured in and the actor who somehow manages to stretch across all of my picks <laughs> almost entirely strangely um uh in that he like i think he, he was in the god the second godfather and i don't know he's he's in a I was, bunch I, of movies I was, he's I was, in I was like Casabetti's like, okay. friends I was like, who are you talking about? And then obviously I put a picture of him up. I'm like, oh God, yeah, that guy. This guy, yeah. So you, you might know him as a, is where he's like the guy that cries his tear at the end of Paths of Glory. Yes. Um, and yeah, and he's in Killing of the Chinese Book. Yeah, he, he yes. makes a great, and, and the killing. So he makes a great ominous, uh, <laughs> he's got a great face. And, um, and he was a, he was this weird character actor who also directed a movie we won't get too in the weeds on him, but like, he's a guy who uh, he was, he was in a handful of great noir movies and uh, yeah. Check him out. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah. So like just your butcher boy has 4,000 views on letterbox and the outfit has uh, 1,900. So just uh, yeah. The, uh, and then well, it's, it's, it looks it looks like it's like filmed for TV or something, which is which is kind of which is pretty cool. And then Robert, yeah. Robert Duvall is just really good. And then just 
it has things that like rise raise it above something like John Wick, like a, a hitman has just been called out on Robert Duvall and Robert Duvall disarms him, but doesn't kill him and but beats the shit out of him and then has a hitman's driving away he asks robert duvall is it do you have a handkerchief like to wipe it it's like like this very like weird like like yeah honor among thieves type of thing yeah well you know what it is too is it's it's like violence amongst uh violent men and it's believable to some extent or at least more believable than john wick yeah and then and then also uh the uh this uh john don joe don baker i just wanted mm-hmm. to watch watch things with him him i want uh, i want to look out search out movies for him and then also um uh, the guy who runs the bar in the deer hunter that friend sapuski or something like that yeah but anyhow he has such yes a, it's just these guys with these great faces and yes. um and that just i don't know pulled again kind of kind of throughout your your little um, retrospective or your, your your film festival that you put on for me here. Um, <laughs> this is the number two. I think this is interesting. We're going to go with um, El Posto because again, I only watched about an hour of Children of Paradise. I'm glad you, um, you piqued me to that one because that's obviously one that's been hanging around as a film buff for a while that I haven't gotten to. And and I can see why people like it, and I can see why it's good, and why and why it's it, it's pretty it's pretty easy and fun watching. So I I'm gonna go back and finish it. But um, El Posto from uh, let's see, it's Italian film. What year is that? Mm-hmm. Nineteen sixty-one. Okay. Nineteen sixty-one. Um, it was uh, directed by Hermano Olmi. And um, it is the only film directed by him that I've seen. Um, how, did you, and, how did you come into contact? I mean, I, I realize it's on criteria, but how did you come into contact with this? So, like, as with, like, I realized, like, half these movies on, on the list is, like, these were my, the, the part of my film education that I really received directly from, like, my dad, because this was another movie that he showed me and that like I watched him be moved by <laughs> and, you know, and then it affected me, but like, I, I, you know, um, but El Posto funny enough was one of these movies that too, that I like, he, I, he showed it to me. I rewatched it and I don't know if I, ever really showed it to anybody else or really talked about it and one day like when we were first started talking to one another brendan brought it up to me and was like oh like uh, have you seen el post <laughs> i was like Is this are you kidding me <laughs> yeah get out of my head but um so like and it is a you know it's a neorealist uh movie that follows um, a young man um, who, instead of uh, going to continuing his education um, because his family needs money, he decides to become a postman and it kind of follows him. And he's doing it kind of so his brother can continue his education and follows him on his first day 
and he sees this girl and all of a sudden like he has a reason to you know come back to the job and um it has a scene where they go and have lunch together and um there is and which is just one of the greatest moments in any movie ever and um the scene where they run across the street together um is is one of my favorites um and yeah el posto though largely is just about this kid and his job and um him kind of falling in love with this person and the disappointment <laughs> that comes with her leaving him hanging and like it is a small movie and it's uh just about people and it is just about him and this girl or his feelings for her and then him being alone and getting drunk with a bunch of old guys and um, well it's 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 i guess it's it's i don't know but it's got to be part of whatever italian neorealism right yes yeah which um, i like i have not watched a lot of other italian neorealist movies i think i've watched a couple others but the only one i can definitely say is is uh, bicycle thief which i love um, yes and this this reminded me a lot of that like i mean this almost this almost feels like it's a documentary and mm-hmm. then they just they just everything because everything so so for that it is and, and it, the thing that is interesting about some of these italian neorealists is um uh it's obviously in a different time a different place but it, i mean this it almost feels like it almost feels like it could it's like today like i don't know that mm-hmm. So, because he, he's he's it's a postman, but it's it's like a corporate job. He's actually yeah. a courier for a company, and and they go and they they take this test. And they have this like they have they have like a, a, a test, and it's so uh, a lot of the kind of European, maybe it's Italian, but it's like oh, it's so like gut wrenching because there's these there's people of every age taking this test to see if yeah this this corporate yes. job and i think a lot of these italian companies are very intertwined with the state and so his dad's like saying if you pass this test then you can then you can you have a job for life and then he he's so excited because he does maybe maybe he passes the test he passes the test and he gets in there and then it says, oh, well, actually, we don't have the job that you're, I mean, it just, there were so many beats in this that lined up to, like, real life um, mm-hmm. that I that I think that that was kind of my connection to it was, um, oh, gosh, you know, this is, yeah, this is happening yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, God, yeah, in that moment, um, where uh and you're seeing all these like adults who you're realizing aren't gonna get there <laughs> who who are who are out of a job and out of an opportunity like i don't know that yeah that moment's pretty brutal especially and with the vision part of the test 
where they're they're like taking some poor guy who oh yeah then it yeah. Kind of the, the, fake what he can see yeah and then it gets yeah 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 they they really get into it yeah like you think yeah this definitely would whatever uh yeah. vi- violate some of the the, the new rules in there so, but um mm-hmm. so that's that's i don't know that's funny so yeah so your dad turned you on to it and then he did, somehow, yeah. somehow somehow brendan found it which and is, then and then and then he brought it up uh or brendan brought it up to me later but um yeah no that was a movie though that was first introduced to me by my dad um and uh i can see yeah, i can just, see it has a, a connection to to brief encounter a lot in mm-hmm. a way it's because mm-hmm. it this is this is even almost yes even even a a briefer encounter yes but 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 it um it ticked some of those things um i don't know it it is it is like a uh um uh a a briefer encounter it's a neo-real italian near it's a different country in a different genre uh, type of thing and it's it, it's their take it's almost like a yeah an italian neorealist take on brief encounter yeah that has a lot of the same kind of um with no music yeah yeah but the same kind of like <laughs> beautiful aspects and uh um, yeah and uh and but you know what the thing is actually i'm okay with it oh no I'm, I'm always against spoilers but uh, you know like the girl is out of his league I mean, mm-hmm. from the beginning, mm-hmm. she's out of his league. But they, but mm-hmm. the thing is, that they they form a little connection. Mm-hmm. They have a nice little afternoon together while they're waiting for the results. They're waiting for the second half of this test. It's like just kind of like a long lunch, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and they make it. They they fi- make a connection, and um, and then he finds this new lease on life, and you know he was sleeping in before, and now he's popping out of bed and. <laughs> and so it really it really uh kind of touches on that um that surge of of life and energy that a young man gets when he, <laughs> when he, when he thinks he has a chance with a girl that's out of his league yeah um, yeah, yeah i don't know and, or just uh, yeah. anyone that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah 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 um i don't know but uh, but but yeah no you're right it's it's a younger neorealist italian brief encounter I, maybe it's, i don't know you're, smi- you're smiling so i don't know if you're, if you're making fun of me for that no but. not at all okay. no, no no not at all i i'm i'm i am like uh so on <laughs> on your same wavelength as far as that as that's concerned but it, it's it really is like um and I, I don't know and i it's it's weird because i don't uh they're kind of like these the two kind of black and white love stories that I care about the most or feel most sentimental towards. Um, but I, I never thought of them as having too much in common, but it's extremely obvious. That's <laughs> the only reason why I'm smiling is just okay. how, how obviously close they are. But it has it has it, it, it also has this this workplace aspect that it gets into petty petty things of the workplace and has some interesting yeah. has some interesting like kind of cuts and decision making on the part of the director and uh yeah you know i'm glad i'm glad you, i would have never watched this i'm glad you I'm glad you put it on the list and i oh yeah it and, no you know, that's I fantastic I, I need to i i if i, I knew i was putting you through your own uh film festival i might have <laughs> 
I, I piled on the <laughs> three three hour epics. Well, no, you tried, you tried, but I, you tried with Children of Paradise, but I did. I, I just time, time, time yeah. got the best of me, and yeah. and then, and then I also I I normally don't have so many. I know that there were so many of your favorites that I needed to watch too, and then I obviously went down the Chimino, uh pathway. But this is, uh, and I, yeah, I sound like a. Philistine, but uh this is only 98 minutes too so it's uh it's pretty tight um, no no it is it is and then finally uh this is something that also came up very early when we were we were talking of what films mm-hmm. you might put on here uh alan clark films so mm-hmm. maybe start off with why you like him so much and then and we don't i don't think we just briefly touch on the the plot points of of your main of scum yeah maybe, maybe kind of more uh general get get, get no, no or just get the the feeling yeah the, yeah the... so so like i put down um and and alan clark made a number of different movies but the first three that i watched were these films that i think he'd done for tv and uh which you know um were one scum made in Britain and the firm. And like, I, those were movies that were, we had VHS copies of and like in my house. And we had like the British copies of them, <laughs> like with British tapes of them for some reason. Cause you know, um, I don't know why we had those, but we had some other copies of like scum and uh, scum is this, you know, uh, ultra realistic um depiction of a uh following a young man as he ends up in a kind of juvenile detention center um and uh i mean as this basically all these movies are, are bleak so i've only seen all these movies are incredibly he was like an incredibly bleak working class British filmmaker. Who, was he, 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 he was working class? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, uh, who, like, or I mean, so he's written about in the same way that, like, Loach and, and like, he was the, the proto Loach and, and, and um, any kind of, like, British realism, um, I feel like um I, I don't really know where he was getting a lot of his stuff from but he uh made these very bleak uh movies that were usually only covered a small period of time um or uh were with a small group of characters but were attached to like scum is about a you know boarding school um uh and the riot that breaks out and um made in britain is about a skinhead huffing blue like getting thrown in and out of jail um and it's almost like a uh just follows him over the course of a matter of hours and the firm is about a group of uh, football hooligans. Um, and 
you know, um, so they're, they're obviously movies that were concerned with their setting and place and subject matter. And, um, you know, he, like the scum feels scum feels like, you know, you're just being thrown into the, uh, uh, this like detention hall with everyone and it's claustrophobic and brutal and um he was this i guess like i didn't know what to expect when i first approached alan clark's movies i kind of thought what i was going to get into was some kind of like boring realistic hyper realistic uh melodrama um uh but what they are are these kind of like unhinged um violent uh like incredibly like they were not as attached to i guess i don't know why i thought of a lot of that style of filmmaking as kind of like lacking a certain amount of passion and and blood like or feeling and Clark's movies like were made you feel them and like as an American watching them I was like oh like you know uh, and that he was another director who I saw and thought oh like I want to make movies like these and that they were they felt to me like they were made with some of the same restraints as Cassavetes but he was like really getting lost in uh the worlds that he was exploring and he was really getting lost trying to follow um people like the skinhead who tim roth plays in in uh made in britain and um in actually like going to places that people were afraid of and that maybe um, culture or media was afraid of looking at um, and going to those places and shining a light on them and showing them for what they were without any kind of particular agenda, political or otherwise. Um, they felt more like uh, anthropological or something, and yeah. but without any kind of like political um even though, you know, I said working class early on, you know, I, that's was kind of, I feel like later used to describe more maybe the films of like the Ken Loach and. Um, no, no. I, the only reason I say this is just because so many of these, whether it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge or Benedict Cumberbatch, or obviously they're actors. They're not oh, film, those people, they're, yeah. not, they're not filmmakers, but every single person that seems to be attached to making movies in the UK turns out that they have an estate somewhere. And oh yeah, yeah. Seriously, old money or you know. So that that so, but but obviously, yeah. You're talking about Ken Loach or. Um, uh, I forget the other guy who I'm not necessarily a fan of. I could definitely see how these guys who are very concerned with um uh lower middle class middle class existence would would come from 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 that demo um, yeah like he actually and and i mean i, I don't know I, I i feel like there's a, a movie that i must put on there called ladybird ladybird by ken loach that is amazing um 
and I like some of his stuff, but like he, I think became more like explicitly political, like Alan Clark, who he looked up to, I know at a certain moment, or at least, and possibly I believe he worked with, um, like was a much more, like, I felt like he was, he, he didn't have the, the political fairy tale attached to it as much. Sure, like, yeah. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't as much of an attempt to like lodge it within a kind of like political narrative or couch it within some kind of, and I guess like looking back on it, you can see that, but there wasn't like, like, there's a sense where you're watching made in Britain where you're watching Tim Roth with the swastika on his forehead, just like, like unrepentant in every possible way and completely destructive and like how there was a real sense though of, of for the first time watching where I thought, Oh, this isn't being made by someone who this is actually made by someone who has a genuine sense of the world that they're showing. This isn't just a, you know, and it's not just a Chimino type like version of that where you're uh, taking, I don't know, where you're taking some little detail out of reality and saying that I, you know, there's a certain performative quality of of Chimino. There's a certain Mm. something about Clark that made me feel like he was, connected to these people or understood had some understanding of these places and the fact that they weren't you know they they felt really like angry in a real way but without any kind of you know it, it wasn't like it didn't have that uh oliver stone moment of like you know or i, I don't want to rag on him too hard of like you know like Oh, this is the moment where the audience needs to be paying attention because this is where we learn our lesson, you know, uh-huh. about, you know, uh, real life. And um, there was none of that and none of an attempt to explain any of it. And yeah. Um, no, I, what you said, I think also if you were um, someone, an aspiring young filmmaker, or aspiring filmmaker, I could see why the firm, like what you said, um, uh, well, it lines up with like my thinking on that. It clicked with a, like about three different things that you said about how it's almost like it was almost like it's made by some soccer hooligans. Like one of them said, "Okay, you know what? We're going to make a movie about this type of thing because it's it's just filmed in everyday houses and everyday guys and everyday clothes and everyday locations." And mm-hmm. uh, Scum is a little bit more elaborate in that it's at yes. This, at this yeah it's a borstal but i guess basically all it's just it's just prison for men who are boys that are boys men have a large age group are just too young to go to prison so they send them to this thing yeah the borstal yeah and suppose i guess it's based on uh on a on a on a teleplay yes yeah all these play for todays and all of these plays on tv um where yes. a, lot of, a lot of these big guys uh, started out with, and then I didn't realize I didn't even realize this until I'm looking at the the cast here. That the I'll let you do the big reveal. The the lead in Scum is is oh Ray Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah, he's he's so he's so young here. I didn't even recognize him, but I did. Yeah, he, even he definitely had a presence uh, even it, then. He, he was a boxer. He was a boxer okay. and Clark cast him because he was a boxer. Like okay. he was like a frail, like up and coming. Um, I think he 
I think at a, at a certain moment, he was a, a very legitimate up and coming boxer who thought that that was going to be his career. And, uh, you know, like, and absolutely had no idea what he was walking into when he did scum and hadn't done any kind of prior acting before that, you know? Wow. And which is interesting. This is a guy who then later on, everybody seen his face. He had no prior. He was, he wasn't an no, actor before this. No, 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 I don't think so. Maybe he had gone. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Somebody will tell me if I'm wrong. Right. No, 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 no. I'm just. Saying, no, I don't no, no, think no. he had any real just, kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Okay, I, that's, I do that's, know he was a boxer. He seems like a finished product. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but you feel like I felt like watching him like he was somebody who actually knew how to fight. Like I, you know. Yeah. Um, it makes sense that he was picking people like that. Like you could really. You you could feel that, if, yeah. A lot of the work is done for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, I think that that wraps it up. That was a. That was a. I. I yeah. You, the, the, everything is just kind of washed <laughs> over me, and uh. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm very uh, appreciative, and uh, I, I. Yeah. I. I, 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 <laughs> I hope that that. Uh, that I, I that this covers some of and no I'm I'm down to uh, talk about this whenever or you know like we could um, yeah you you have you have a whole back that was the that was the challenge yeah. in getting this together it's <laughs> getting this getting this it, pared, it, it, pared it, down it, and trying to trying to work with work with you early well, on to try and well, thanks for for being so patient. No, and, no, no. And, you did me a great yeah. you did me a great favor. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Of course, um, anytime. Uh, let's see. I guess I just say I say is there is, is there anything any honorable mentions on this category or just any odds and ends of things that you are uh, are really just tripping your trigger or that you uh, are kind of hidden gems or things that you have a, uh, enjoy that you think folks should know about that either it can be a film, it cannot be a film. It can be a, I don't know. It could be a kitchen utensil. It could be a book. Um, and, uh, so I, I have a couple things. Um, what's that book? I have a, there's a book called dogs of God by a writer named um, Pickney uh, Benedict. That's uh, like a terrific uh, crime fiction, American crime fiction. Um, and uh, I have been, and it's about these kind of like, it's set in West Virginia and is kind of the backwoods West Virginia. And it's about, uh, you know, these brothers and, um, uh, this, it's this really fucked up like crime book by this guy. And I don't think he ever wrote anything like it. And, uh, it's really strange. And yeah, so that, that one, um, I, you know, I've been watching a lot of old boxing matches and, um, I would recommend watching, the uh, Diego Diego Corrales um, and uh, Castillo fights uh, f- 
from no, those, those are two great <laughs> gems. You have one and two, yeah. Uh, the Diego Corrales and Jose Luis Castillo. Um, uh, just look them up and, and watch Fair, those yeah. fights. Oh, cool. That sounds a lot better. I, I try to watch them. I try to watch like Bjorn Borg tennis matches or whatever. And it's like yeah. the video quality, I can like barely pick the ball up and stuff. So, but, uh, <laughs> but, but then, but then the, the, any vintage sports, you get the nice, like old style overlays of the, whatever, yeah. the, the little thing, the graphic, the graphics or the not overhead projector type almost stuff that they put on there is everything. It just, it's a, I hate to say this word, but it's definitely a vibe and it's just it, very oh, fun. Yeah. Man, it's it's unfortunate that they dug that one into the ground because it is a vibe for sure. There's no other yeah. This, no is, this is the only it. this is the only okay time to use that. So yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> Those are, that 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 other book is definitely uh yeah uh definitely a deep deep cut. So that's cool. That, that, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to finish it, Sam. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks for uh, doing this with me and, and being so patient. No, no, I, fun. I, 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 I hope we can do this again. And that'll be fun. I look for, I, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to, to finish off the, my Elroy and, 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 and getting on to those other episodes here guys. Cause uh, you could, you guys are, you guys are really great. A really great, hang, <laughs> really great hangout. They're just awesome. They're, 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 they're super guys. So cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right, man. We'll have a good rest of your day. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.